What is going on, everybody? Welcome into Cash It. I'm Howard Bender. Got Adam Ronis here. What's up, Ronis? How are you? Uh, it's been a week since last we left off. Um, and it's uh, it's a busy time of year right now. NBA is back for you. Uh, fantasy baseball prep is uh, is there for you. You, you must be uh, in a world of drafts because I am. Yeah, definitely. Just insane amount of drafts right now. I'm in uh, three slow drafts. Uh, two draft champions leagues for the NFBC. One is almost done round 48 out of 50. Uh, the other one recently started round six. And then TGFBI, a great fantasy baseball invitational. A lot of people in the industry in that. So that one kicked off on Monday. I'll be in Florida this weekend for the Labor Mixed League auction. Then Tuesday, I have my Tout Wars draft uh, on base percentage. So yeah, dude, it's just insane. And then, you know, then a couple weeks later, NFBC, GST, Home League. So yeah, it is draft season. It is 100% draft season. I uh, I unfortunately had to bow out of labor this week this year because I couldn't uh, make the journey. However, uh, live coverage, SiriusXM, uh, I will be on there Saturday night. I will be doing uh, some some broadcast coverage there, and then on uh, on Sunday. When's you when's your draft? Sunday, 1 p.m. Oh, so yeah, yeah. So I am, I am the broadcaster. I am there for the entire draft uh, on Sunday, all five hours worth uh, on my Sunday day, just to sit there and, and pick on you and and talk about how poor you are at drafting, just all sorts of criticism. Are you excited about that? Oh yeah, definitely. Looking forward to it. <laughs> <laughs> Dude, yeah, this is for me. Yeah, this is this is a ton of fun. I mean, you know, I'm gonna start doing some stuff over at, at Fantasy Alarm, some spring training updates, keeping some steady injury news uh, coming out for everybody, so that way, you know, everybody else, you know, everybody who subscribes, and you know, well, it's, it's the shit's gonna be free, so. Uh, anybody who wants it, you know, you can just come over to fantasyalarm.com and be doing like a daily, uh, spring updates and injury, uh, article there. But on top of that, uh, TGFBI, uh, going on right now, uh, tout wars draft and hold, uh, slow draft in, uh, in, in that one as well. And then, uh, on top of that, then, uh, throw me down a, a fantasy football best ball. With Mike Dempsey and Bob Harris, those guys. And I'm like, wait a minute, because now it's like I've got these. The barf draft is next, not this weekend because of labor, but it's the following weekend after that. So uh taking part in that. And I and I gotta be honest with you, I, I think that, you know, Bowden has been so Jim Bowden, that is, has been so vocal about like how how Otani is being used. I was actually thinking about doing a league where Otani um, would be able, you'd be able to get both his pitching and his hitting stats like at the same time and lock yeah. him in. Yeah, my home league is like that because it's a daily league. So the guy who has him, I'm, I think he's cheap. I forgot his price, but uh, yeah, it's just such a such a big advantage to have that. It's a, it's, it's huge. I was trying to explain to, to Jim. I was like, listen, if you're talking about like, just a, if you're talking about a points league, Otani had, you know, like, I mean, it was, uh, I don't know, four, five, almost 500 points more than the next guy because of the way their point system was, was, was structured 
or most of the point systems were structured. So it was like on average, I mean, it was that. I mean, it's a huge, huge advantage. I, you know, now I'm like trying to think. I'm like, well, how do you how do you level the playing field? Or do you do something crazy like have people bid, like use fab bidding on that one one pick in the draft because you know that that's got to be Otani. Yeah, there's there's a, a fantasy football high stakes league that does that where you use your fab um, for a draft pick. I think that would be a really, really interesting kind of way to go about it. Um, but then also incorporating the third round reversal, because I, I feel like if you've got Otani there at the top, you you just I mean, it's such a significant advantage. It's such a significant advantage because you could leave him. Basically, you could leave him in a, in, in a pitcher spot. And now all of a sudden you've got. You know, 600 more at bats than anybody else because you've got Otani. But it has to be a daily league. You can't do it in a weekly. Yeah, yeah, it's got to be a daily. Yeah. But the fact that he's going to also hit on the same day that he pitches. I'm talking about getting those those stats together. I don't think you do, though, because you have to put him in a spot. So if he's pitching, you put him in a pitcher slot. I don't think you can get his hitting stats. Yeah, that's that's the whole debate. Like that's the that's the. But either whole way, debate. it doesn't matter though, because if you're in a daily league, and you get his pitching, and then his hitting stats the other day, you don't care. Yeah, I mean it's going to suck if he's pitching and he hits two home runs that day, whatever. But you're getting all the other stats. Whereas in other leagues, you have to a weekly league, you have to make a decision at the beginning of the week. Tout wears these two different players, right? Which is crazy. Yeah. So, um, but yeah, I mean he's the. Uh, like, look, in my home league, again, it's a daily league. The guy who has him, it's just a huge advantage. And um, I, I had barely edged him out to win the league last year. It's it's just such a huge advantage to have him. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. I, I was I did a league, you know, like two years ago or whatever it was that um, I had Otani and I could you know, it was a daily league and I could move him back and forth. And it was it was a huge advantage, you know, I mean, you and I talk about it when you look at the end of the year, when you look at the your league standings, look at the number of at bats for the teams that are up top versus the teams that are at the bottom. I mean, it's it's significant. Um, and, you know, having Otani and, and being able to move him back and forth like that. I mean, it's just it's it's huge. It is very, very advantageous. Um, not the point that I wanted to, like, jump on here, but in the sense that. I might be creating a, a new league just to just to screw around with it and see um, what I want to do. It's it's in the makings right now. So nobody at me on Twitter or something like that. And be like, oh, I want in on this league. I don't even know if it's going to exist. Um, where are you at in? Uh, let's 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 do a little uh, comparison here. Great fantasy baseball invitational. Um, how do you like your? Uh, how do you like your league? How do you like who you're going up against? Who are the uh, any big guns that you uh, that, that you're squaring off with? Yeah, it's a tough league. Uh, Tanner Bell is in this league. Eno Saris, Scott White, who I compete against in Tout Wars next week. Uh-huh. So, yeah, it's been a tough league. I really haven't got much value. Um, I've been sniped quite a bit. Um, we're sitting in round nine, last pick in round nine. We were at a ridiculous pace, and then today it has really slowed down. I don't know what happened. <laughs> but uh, there's only been uh, we're recording Wednesday afternoon. There's only been like uh, five or six picks today, um, but we were flying to start. 
Um, we got off to a good start. We're in midway through round 11. Oh, damn, you're ahead of us. I, I thought we were on a really good pace. I guess not. We were. Well, we were on a, on a, on a great pace to, to start. Then it kind of, then it hit a lull somewhere between rounds five and six. And now, I mean, you know, it's, it's kind of been at a, at a, at a steady pace. What, what number are you drafting in yours? Four. Oh, you're, see, you're four. I'm 11 in mine. Um, Eric Carabell's in mine. Uh, I, I honestly, I, is that James Anderson? Maybe that's James Anderson who's, uh, he's, who's also he's good. My... If it's him, he's good. Oh, yeah, yeah. No, I know James Anderson's very, very good. Um, but yeah, I think, uh, yeah, there are a lot of names that I don't recognize, although I will say I do have uh, Mrs. Salinger, that mouthy wife of Justin Mason. <laughs> I love her. I love her so much. She is one of my absolute favorite people in the world. And and she's drafting right in front of me. Oh, she just took Daniel Bard, the closer who I was going to uh, I was looking to grab this this round right here. Well, thank you so much, Mrs. Salinger. You don't want Bard anyway. No, you don't like you don't like Daniel Bard. No, he's coming off a career year. He closes in cores. Uh, if you look at a lot of the underlying numbers, I mean, career year, man. Oh yeah, it definitely was. It definitely was. But he also, there's, there's also minimal competition for him. And I'm not saying that the Rockies are a good team or they're going to get a ton of saves, but he does it's seem the to only have, reason he goes where he does is because he has a job. He's and, got job security. Yeah. And half the league, you can't say that about. Exactly. So that's kind of where I was, uh, where I was eyeballing him. Uh, run through your team. So who do you got, uh, folks? For for the rest of for during this show, I mean, we'll splash in some uh, some some NBA and some NHL, maybe even some NFL talk here. The focus today, we're gonna we're gonna talk about our teams, but we're gonna focus in on the corner infield spots, first baseman, third baseman, uh, you know, depth of the position, and all sorts of stuff like that. So uh, if if that's what you know, you you see this in the title of the art of the the podcast episode, but just in case you're like, ooh, 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 who is it? We're just gonna warm up. We're warming up to it. I don't usually break that fourth wall and talk to the people like that, but. For today, I'm going to, Adam. I, I don't know why. So picking fourth, let me hear it, man. What was it? What'd you yeah, do? But this is a 15-team league, 30 rounds, NFBC format. Um, mm-hmm. I started off with Jose Ramirez at four. Love it. Love it. Um, he dropped to sixth in mine. What was your What was your top five? Uh, Acuna, Julio Rodriguez, Trey Turner, Ramirez, Judge, Bobby Witt, Jr. Ah, okay. Ours went... Acuna, Julio, Turner, Judge Otani Ramirez. This is where my Bobby Witt went in uh, eighth overall in my yeah, right behind he, Kyle he's, Tucker. He's being overvalued in that spot. Yeah, I feel like I feel like that is a, a little too early for him. There are a ton of other guys. I'd rather have Vladimir Guerrero Jr., Juan Soto, Mookie Betts. Um, I, I put Bobby Witt and I, and I, I, I love Bobby Witt. Don't get me wrong. I love Bobby Witt, but to me, he's like 12th, 13th, 14th, maybe like in that range for me. And even worse than OBP. Oh yeah. Yeah. Oh, is this OBP in the, the no. great fantasy baseball invitation? Yeah. No. I didn't think so. I didn't think so. Where did he go in my, uh, tout wars OBP? Oh, he went 
first pick of the second round, so 16th mm, overall. Yeah, that's too early. He had a 290 OBP last year. I know it could get better, but that's asking a lot. Yeah, definitely. Um, all right, well, let's hear the rest of your team. What do you got? Edwin Diaz, Francisco Lindor, Luis Castillo, Adolis Garcia, Jose Abreu, Tristan McKenzie, William Contreras, and Chris Bryant. Not bad. Yeah, it's okay. I don't know, man. Um, I don't love it. I don't know why. What? Do, what? What? Like, I mean, position-wise, statistics-wise. No, I, I like the position-wise. I don't know, man. It's just, um, I just, I, I mean, if I would have known that class, I would have gone fell around three. I would have went probably Aranola in round two, and then come back with Class A. Ah, um, okay. And then round four, I was going to take Dalton Varsho, and he went one pick before me. Then I'm like, all right, well, I know I have a shortstop, but I really love Corey Seager. So let me, let me, he'll, uh, he'll probably come back to me. So let me take a picture here. <laughs> and then Corey Seager went with the next pick. Then around five, I was just like debating what to do. I didn't really love anyone there. And look, I know Adolis Garcia has, some holes in his swing and he chases a lot, but it is two years in a row that he's had power and speed and he did hit 250. So I'm hoping uh-huh. if he repeats what he's done the last couple of years, I'll be happy with that. Did um, they shift? Did they shift on him at all? Uh, I don't remember. I don't remember either. Uh, Cause I'm, I'm curious as to, you know, because for guys that, you know, with the shift being banned, I, I do expect a nice uptick in batting average for a few of them. Yeah, I mean, Seager is obviously the prominent one. Uh-huh. I mean, the guy was already a 290 career hitter and had a career uh, low batting average last year. So I expect his batting average to bounce back. So yeah. Abreu, I thought, was a good fit for this team just because I already had, you know, some power speed. Three guys to start with Ramirez, Lindor, and Garcia, all power and speed. Um, Garcia batting average is a little bit of a concern. And I don't have a 300 hitter yet. I think Abreu could hit 280, 290. A lot of the stat cast numbers were ridiculous last year. He moves to a great lineup. Should hit some more home runs with that short left field porch there in Houston. Um, so I thought he was a good fit. Um, but yeah, I mean, now I'm starting to see guys go above their ADP, man. Like Taylor Ward went third pick around seven. And I really like him. But that is as early as I've seen him go. And I have my eyes on him. Uh, uh, last pick of round seven in my league yeah. for Taylor Ward. I like them too. Yeah, it, you're starting to see a lot of guys kind of creeping up the boards. I think you're to the point now where if you like a guy, just take him. Don't even worry about the ADP. And mm-hmm. remember too, with some of these injuries, like Pitt, like Tyler Glass now and Joe Musgrove, they haven't gone yet. That pushes other guys up the board. So I guess for me, the thing is, I guess I haven't had a good read. Like things that I've expected to happen haven't. Um, so, I mean, again, I think the team is solid. Chris Bryant's a little risky. I mean, I know he was really good last year. The brief time we saw him in Colorado, he is healthy now. So, I was, like, looking at a pitcher there. I was considering Nestor Cortez, and I'm like, I knew he won't make it back. But I was like, all right, you know what? Maybe Lance Lynn will make it back. He did not. Lance Lynn went the same round. So, and I wanted, oh, I wanted Max Muncy in round nine. He went one pick before me. So, yeah, it's just a lot of that. But, I mean, yeah, I mean, statistic-wise, I mean, I think it's, Pretty solid. I mean, I got a good base power and speed. Average might be a little low. I mean, yeah, Ramirez, it's the thing. Ramirez and Lindor are tricky 
Um, cause we saw Lindor have the good average last year, but the year before he did it. Um, so I think it's, I mean, I got good power and speed guys that hit in the middle of the lineup. Ramirez, Lindor, Garcia, Abreu, all at Contreras. I like going to Milwaukee. He was really good last year. So yeah, I got, we spoke on a previous podcast. I'm looking for, you know, so the Wilson Contreras, MJ Melendez, Alejandro Kirk, uh, William Contreras range or Sean Murphy. Like I want right. one of those in a two catcher league. Um, and Sean Murphy went second pick around eight. So I took William Contreras at the uh, end of round eight. So, yeah, I mean, so it's, it's fine, I guess. I don't know. Yeah. I mean, listen, I, I like my team too. Obviously there are certain things that I'm going to, you know, need to kind of shore up on. Um, I went, uh, mine started uh, Mookie Betts at 11. Uh, I took Tatis in the second round. Um, I went Matt Olson, Justin Verlander, Alec Manoa, Alec, Alex Bregman, Wilson Contreras, Nick Castellanos, Nick Lodolo, Anthony Rizzo, Tyro Estrada. So I need saves. I don't have anybody there. And I probably need a little bit of starting pitching. It's kind of funny on one side of, you know, like right on, on either side of me, everybody, you know, these guys went like crazy pitcher heavy. So I figured I was going to go in uh, to this kind of end. The, the four guys who are right behind me, all fairly strong on pitching. So I was going to say, all right, I'll grab my position player here and come back on the other way and take pitching. I was going to look at a closer um, to come back. There's really there's not a whole hell of a lot out there. Closers this year, man, it's crazy. They There's like legit, like, being pushed up draft boards left and right. And it's, and it's funny too, because there really aren't that many guys, like we said, who have like, you know, who have that job, you know, 60% of the field is probably going to like lose their job by the end of, uh, end of May. And then everyone's chasing. So that's why I want to get at least one guy. I mean, you, yeah. I, look, I never in the past took a closer this early in the DCs, the draft champions leagues, where you can't make moves. I'm definitely taking one early and I've done three so far. I've taken, Class A and Hater in two. Um, this one, the reason why I took Diaz in the second, I didn't love anything there. I thought one of those, I mean, after I took Diaz, five of the next six picks were pitchers. Um, and I would have taken one of those pitchers. And then seeing what was there, I was like, I don't love it. And then with Lindor, I understand shortstop is deep. Um, but you don't know how the draft is going to pan out. Right. Uh, so, and I'm fine taking two shortstops early. Like, um, the team next to me at three um, has Turner and Seager, two picks in the first four rounds. But Turner does – no, Turner doesn't have outfield eligibility anymore, right? No, he does not. Yeah, so – Nor does he uh, have second base eligibility right. either. So, like, I don't mind that at all. People are like, oh, you, how are you going to take two shot, short stops in the first four rounds? Look, if they're going to give me the stats and that's where they belong, I'll take them. And that means you might be weak at third or second. Who cares? You're, you're, yeah. You have a legit middle infielder. So I was going to take Corey Seager. Um, if he made it back and he did not. Um, but yeah, I mean, it's, you gotta, you gotta come in with a planet closer and I want to get one early now looking at the way it fell. Um, I'm trying to think like, cause I really like, where did he go? Oh, see, see again, had a, if I would have known like Rossell Iglesias went second to last pick around four, 
I really like him. He was really good when he came to Atlanta and he has a mm-hmm. track record of closing. So maybe, maybe, I don't know, man, it's easy to go back and look, but you don't know. You have to make the decision at the time. Right. Yeah. And look, well, D- I mean, look Diaz over a hundred strikeouts, good ERA and whip. He only had 32 saves. He could easily get 40 this year. I think there's only a couple guys that can get 40. That That's why. So look, you're either going to look back on this pick and be like, Oh, it was great. Good thing I did it. Or, Oh man, he got hurt. He wasn't good, but I would like to get one closer early if I can. It is just everyone is, you know, it's easy to say, yeah, there'll be a lot of saves that come in on the waiver wire. You're, you know, half the league and even the teams with two closers are still going to be spending money on fab on speculative closers. They might not spend as much because they're like, Oh, it's a 15 team. Like I have two solid closers. Cause most people are not coming out of this with two. Some are going to come out with three shaky and they don't even know if they have the job. So everyone's going to be spending money on fab and closes early on. And if you're that team that's desperate, you know, you're going to be like, well, I really need this guy. I think he's the guy I'm going to have to spend 30%. And we all know a lot of those don't pan out. So if I could just get one stable one early, maybe another one in round 12 or 13, depending who it is. And then obviously speculate on a couple relievers, especially now, since we're still a month from the start of the season, uh, then in the reserve round, take a couple relievers and one of them might be my first cut. <laughs> yeah, I am. Um, yeah. It's just, it's, it's funny. I mean, in the, uh, in the tout wars draft and hold. Yeah. I just, um, you know, I don't know, man. Maybe it's just the 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 way I'm, I'm drafting. I just really wasn't looking for closers too early on. You know, I just I felt like there was just more important. Like in this, I mean, you know, Betts, Tatis, and Olson as as my top three picks. Um, Edwin Diaz went off the board before me taking Olson. Um, but am I going to pass up on Olson or Chisholm or Cedric Mullins or Lewis Robert to grab? like Ryan Presley there. And then, you know, like, so I, I took Olsen and then Presley and Hader both went off the board. And it was like, do I want Jordan Romano uh, or do See, I, I want Justin I Verlander? I would have done Hader over Olsen as much as I love Olsen too. Batting average is not great and he doesn't steal bases. And there's first baseman that you can get later on. And I love Olsen. You know, guy can hit 40, it, great, but not much speed, not an asset in batting average. Um, yeah, not, not, a, not a huge asset. Well, I mean, we're also going to have to see. They shifted on Olsen a ton Okay, but his average year. is not going to drop 20 to 30 points. I think people are getting a little out of control thinking like, oh, now all these guys are going it, to – it's not going to jump that much. What do you say, like 10 points? Maybe. I mean, again, it depends on the guys. But like – you know, the saves are such a scarce commodity this year yeah. Yeah. that I would have taken Hater there if I were you. And again, I love Olsen, but at the same time, it's like, okay, I can find someone that puts up similar numbers, doesn't yeah. have the ceiling of Olsen, but later on, like even at Anthony Rizzo, guy had 32 home runs last year. Mm-hmm. No, I hear. Oh, I got Rizzo as my corner infielder. Rowdy Tellez. Yeah. 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 
No, I hear you. I hear you. All right. So that's, you know, that's kind of where we're, I just, yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm just, I'm having a lot of trouble with the closers these days. And, you know, everybody even, is, yeah, trust because even the top, even the, even the top guys, like, that's the thing is like, you know, I, I, I always kind of worry whether or not we're, you know, the, the masses are overreacting to the year before. And the way it went, or maybe it's because I had Liam Hendricks last year and I got, yeah. you know, and I got burnt on that and, uh, and it fucked me up for, you know, taking that, you know, that, that guy right there, you know, it's funny. There really wasn't any kind of a, a big closer run. I would say Presley hater Romano, um, was probably the biggest closer run, but then like Devin Williams got sprinkled in here. Rice Iglesias got sprinkled in there. Helsley, Doval. I mean, so it wasn't, and yeah, I went with the uh I, I went with Manoa, I went with a number two starter as as opposed to, and I thought I was gonna get a closer on the way back, but there I was in round six, and I was like, wow, Bregman's still on the fucking board. Like I believe in a bounce back for Bregman this year. So I don't know, man. Maybe I just uh I ignored saves a little too much. Um, but I mean whatever I, I i feel like i'm i'm you know in uh, in tout wars which is draft and hold um you know seawald leclerc kimbrel i mean i'm sitting with those three and that was like you know definitely weighted on saves there as well right and two of those guys might not even close two of those guys might not even close then again all three of them could close jerry depoto said in an interview that paul seawald is probably the guy who's going to see the majority of saves work Probably. Right. I know. I know. Probably. It's the and same Munoz, thing with Munoz is really good. Munoz is very good. But as uh as as DePoto said, the way he built this bullpen, um, you know, he likes he he loves Munoz, but he likes Munoz in every situation. And that's always, you know, you know, we've seen this before. It's not always your best reliever uh in the bullpen who's closing out games for you. Sometimes you want that guy in those high leverage situations in the seventh and eighth. And then you have a guy like Seawald who just kind of settles down in, uh, in the ninth. Um, yeah. Kimbrell's competing with Sir Anthony Dominguez and three other idiots in Philly. And he uh, sucked. What's that? And he sucked. Absolutely. I mean, the Absolutely. Dodgers didn't even want to use him for a 23rd round pick here right now where I don't have any saves. I figured I could give it a shot. Round 23. I'm also looking at uh, Danny Jimenez from uh, from Oakland. Yeah, for the ten save opportunities they have. <laughs> <laughs> hey, dude, you know what? You know what? Fuck that. Because for years in my home keeper league in the late '90s, close to 2000, I fucking had Joaquin Soria as my locked in closer for the Royals, who were a shitty team then, and and he still ended up getting me 25 plus saves each year. Oh, this team is awful. Who's worse, Oakland or Washington? Uh, I yeah, exactly. Think, I think they Oakland. both suck ass. I think Oakland, but they both suck. <laughs> they do both suck. I don't know. I'll have to uh, sprinkle in some some hopefuls and some possibilities later on in the uh, uh, in the draft. So uh, saves not, not, not my strong suit here early on in, uh, in some of these drafts, but I got good power speed combos and, you know, I love my, um, I love my, my, uh, my, some of my starting pitching. I really do. 
come on, you, you, you know, I, you, I get to, I get to root with your Mets, with you, every, every five days, every five games when Justin Verlander pitches. That's right. See? Just like I had every Yankee starter last year. Yeah, but you were still a dick about the Yankees. Oh, I mean, <laughs> you're a dick about the Mets. <laughs> yeah, but the Mets deserve it. The Yankees yeah, don't. Right. Mm-hmm. No, they don't. Don't be like that. Um, all right. So that's what's going on in our TGFBI drafts. Again, you know, everybody posts them. I love who was it? somebody finally Todd Zola. Like he tweeted something that I actually tweeted like two or three years ago. Uh, I was like, yeah, everybody loves their team after three rounds. <laughs> People are like, oh, my God. Well, I can't believe they let me start off my draft like this. And They're 11 showing of their them, first two picks. And 11 of them are going to be losers in uh, October. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> oh, my God. Unreal. All right. So last uh, last podcast episode of Cash It, we covered catchers. Let's um, – Let's talk some uh, some some corner infielders, first and third base, because you know, I mean, listen, we're only doing these podcasts weekly right now, so we kind of have to double up on the positions and make sure that we get you guys uh, all all sorts of covered here. Um, I mean, they're kind of you know, we can we can go at the same time, or we can talk about um, first base first. You want to go first base, other than the fact that you're going to shit on my uh, my Matt Olson pick. Not shitting on it. I'm just Shit saying. On it. I love Matt Olson. Always been a big fan. Um, but there's an opportunity cost to take him. Yes. 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 I yes. mean, look, uh, you know, there's Vlad Freeman, obviously, Alonso, all good picks early on. Uh, Abreu, who I mentioned, I like the move to Houston. Pasquantino's solid. If he, I mean, he the guy who had more walks than strikeouts. I think first base is not as bad as years past. I mean, Christian Walker, Reese Hoskins, Rizzo, Mountcastle. If he played another park, man, he really got hurt by Camden Yards. Rowdy Telez, yeah, it's going to cover the low batting average, but the power's legit. So there's some good options at first base. I don't think it's as thin. I think people thought last year first base was thin. I, I don't think it is this year. Like, I don't feel the need to have to take a first baseman early. If I'm sitting in a spot where I can get Vlad Freeman or Alonso, sure, I'm going to take it. But it's not a position where I go, oh, I got to get my first baseman now. It's drying up. I, I don't see that. Yeah, I, you know, listen, I, I love getting my my power hitting first baseman. I really do. And, you know, I mean, yes, I, I could I could wait on the position. I, you know, in, in this case here, you say you would have taken Hader over him. Even if I didn't take, you know, Hader over him and I took Matt Olson, I could have gone around and taken another closer. I could have, instead of taking Manoa, I could have had Verlander and then gone with like Ryan Helsley or Camilo Doval or, or, or something like that. I could have gotten into the closer game. So it wasn't a matter of saying I'm either going to go with first base or I'm going to go with saves. Um, I just, I'm also, I'm just, I'm a huge sucker for, uh, for, for Matt Olson. I, I love him. I love him very much in both, uh, you know, OBP and, you know, potential batting average. Whereas these are his projections, his projections. We're bullish on him there. Look at that. 272 batting average. That is kind of bullish. I wouldn't mind it though, for sure. Um, but yeah, I would say, you know, from Vlad Freeman, Alonzo, Goldie, Matt Olson, 
And then, you know, then you could talk about Abreu in there as as well, because he is in a much better. He, I mean, he's he's in a, an equally hittable park and he's got a, a a strong lineup around him as well. So I can and even can if, if, and if it does, even if the power doesn't go up substantially at 15 homers last year, even if he hits 22, yeah. the batting average in the counting stats. So to me, he's a roster construction piece. And again, with the the power and speed that I built early and a little suspect batting average in Adolis Garcia, I thought Abreu was a good fit for that squad. I agree. I agree. I like Pasquantino. All right. I him yet. I, 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 um, I don't think I've drafted him yet either. Have I? No, I, I, I don't. Um, settle something for me. As far as his nickname goes, I hear people saying Italian breakfast, which I think is just stupid and, you know, kind of racial. Uh, in that sense, just because, you know, it's Pasquantino. How do we know that, you know, he's not Portuguese? Why are we throwing the Italian breakfast on there? Yeah, he could um, be Kenyan too. Who knows? He could, he could be Kenyan. You have no idea. But I'll tell you what, I also heard a nickname of his that I think should hold a lot better. I think Pasquatch is so much better a fucking nickname. No? Uh, I have I have no opinion on it. You have no opinion on on a nickname? No, I, maybe it's because I'm also I you know when I first started writing baseball I was covering the Royals, and uh, and I was you know Billy Butler's nickname was country country, 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 country. No, it was country breakfast, smothered and covered in OPS, right? To me that was the greatest, and I kept incorporating his nickname and all sorts of like cooking phrases into all of his player notes, which were on like Yahoo and ESPN and. Uh, and obviously Rotowire. So, yeah, the Italian breakfast part didn't didn't really work for me. I do like the fact that the the the, the dude could steal some bases. It's not a lot, but you know, if any anything that he can contribute, um, I'm definitely in on there. Um, but then, yeah, I mean, you know, every, everybody else then beyond that has warts. Nathaniel Lowe, C.J. Crone, is he going to do it again? I mean, it's cores. You got to love that. Reese Hoskins, like, yeah, you did say Christian Walker is uh, is a possibility, but that batting average kind of eats it as well. What do you think of Andrew Vaughn in uh, in Chicago? First yeah, base out, outfield eligibility. Yeah, he's okay. I haven't drafted him yet. I mean, look, I think the White Sox are just better off with Tony La Russa gone, period. It's just going <laughs> to be a good thing for them because a lot of those guys did not have good years. So I expect them to bounce back. You know, he is an asset in batting average. He doesn't strike out a lot um, and should hit middle of the order. So, yeah, he's fine. He works for you. Um, Ty France, does he work for you? Yes. I mean, preferably as a corner infielder. Mm -hmm. um, but, yeah, I mean. Oh, yeah. When I'm, like, shifting down here and I'm talking, like, Ty France, uh, you know, even Telez, Josh Bell, I'd much prefer him as a corner infielder than actually my first. Yeah, baseman. France is always going to give you a good batting average, you know, not elite power, but the counting stats should be good, pretty good lineup. So I know he might have disappointed a little bit last year. Um, actually, no, I had two more home runs in the year before. The runs were down 83 RBIs. I mean, 2083, 274 corner infield spots, not bad. No, it's not bad at all. If you if you're locking that down in your corner infield, it doesn't it it definitely doesn't suck. Um, 
when you look further down the list there and you start moving in, well, you've you've mentioned Telez, so you like him. What about Josh Bell? Jose Miranda turned it up uh, late last year at one point. Um, anything further down there? Yeah, I think Bell should rebound in Cleveland. Bell should rebound in Cleveland. Okay. You can dig that. Anything further in there? Cronenworth, Arias, Josh Naylor, Manessis. Do you go uh, for the rookie and Tristan Cassis? Yeah, I don't really love any of them. Um, Mancini, uh, Jared Walsh making his way back from thoracic outlet syndrome. No, uh, I think Mancini could be okay. As long as the, the, the wind is blowing out. Yeah, that tricky Wrigley. <laughs> so what's your what's your general plan in in when when you're picking when you're drafting first baseman? Obviously, yes. If 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 Vlad Freeman, Alonzo, Goldie, Olsen, if it's an appropriate moment for you, although it sounds like it's Vlad Freeman and Alonzo, and then we'll see what happens um at that point of the draft here. How have you uh how have you handled it in like your draft champions and the stuff that, you know, that you've done so far? I haven't gotten the elite first baseman because I've rarely picked at the end. I mean, I just started a draft picking 15 and Freeman, Vlad were gone. I think was even Alonso gone. No, no. But I have seen Alonso go 15 in the league. Yeah. My TGFBI, he went 15, um, which I don't think is crazy either. Um, elite power. He's improved his contact rate every year. He actually does not strike out a lot for a, a power hitter. Um, so I haven't been able to get any of those early guys. So it's kind of been a brew in a couple leagues already. That's like your sweet spot. I mean, you're getting him what, like seventh round, eighth Six, round? Yeah, sixth, seventh round in a 15 team league. Okay. All right. Yeah, dude, have you done any 12 teamers yet? No. Yeah. I did one. I did the mock draft for Fantasy Alarm, the first mock draft. And it was it was insane doing a, a 12 teamer after only doing all of these 15 teamers. It's a big adjustment because I've done it in the past where I'll do the NFBC main event and then do the 12 team online. And it's just you really have to have a different mindset. You have to be willing to cut players quicker. And that's something I've had to learn because, you know, you want to stay patient. Like, oh, I believe in these guys. But that 12 team league, you got to churn the back end of your roster a lot and play the matchups every week. There's just way more available on waivers. And I guess, too, when you draft, you can be a little bit more aggressive, knowing that there's going to be more in a waiver wire where it's tougher to do that in a 15 team league. It's definitely tougher to do it in a 15 team league. Yeah, no, I was just looking for like, you know, draft thoughts on that because yeah, it really, it, it changes your mindset. And I like the fact, you know, that's, it's a good point that you can be more aggressive when you're doing a, a 12 teamer. I mean, yeah, it's, it's so funny when you're just like, holy shit, look at the depth. <laughs> it's unbelievable. I'm like looking around in like the eighth, ninth round of a 15 teamer. And I'm like, fuck, where is everybody? And then uh, and the 12-teamer, I was like, we were in like round 18, and I was like, oh, this is a fucking breeze. Click, click, clickety-click. Feeling good. Um, all right, so first base, that's kind of where you're at. I like to grab myself a, a first baseman, a, 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 an early guy. Um, and I tend to, yeah, I tend to to try and get like that, the, that middle range, you know, like somewhere between ranked 15 to 20, 
Um, I don't mind grabbing a guy as my corner infielder as well. I think it's, uh, you know, I mean, obviously the, the position knock wood is not taxing uh, injury wise. Yeah. You get some, some random things there, but I always kind of like having that uh, pair of first basemen sitting there in the corner infield and the, uh, and, uh, and obviously first base. So uh, third base, what about that one? How do you treat in that, that position? We kind of touched on it a little bit. Um, when we were talking about Gunnar Henderson and where, uh, where he's been, uh, been getting taken, what are, you, what are your thoughts on the uh, third base position overall? It's top heavy. Um, it's not deep. So, um, you know, Ramirez goes around one Machado usually goes around one Riley round two Devers round two Arenado in round three, which I don't like. Um, then people are like, Oh, then it's Bregman Gunnar Henderson. And then you start to see a drop. So, I mean, I'd like to get one early if I can. Uh, then you got, let's see, then you, you wait a while. Then you got Matt Chapman. Look, I think the power rebounds, but you know you're not going to get a good batting average. So you got to account for that. Same thing with Eugenio Suarez. Power is legit. He really had a, a good couple of final months, but you're not going to get a great batting average. I mean, Cabrian Hayes just hits the ball hard on the ground all the time. I mean, I don't know where the power is coming from. And is he going to run? He's got to, uh, he's, he's got to pick up that launch angle. That's yeah, really I mean, what, what needs to happen. Yeah. So I'm not in on him. I'll, I need to see it first. I do like Alec Bohm. Um, he's a guy that increased his launch angle late in the year, last year, good hitters park, good lineup. So I don't mind him. Uh, Brandon jury's got the multiple position eligibility, but you know, was that a career year? It is a good angels lineup. I, I was just going to say, I mean, you know how it's not like Brandon Drury is like some 23, 24 year old kid. I mean, the dude's been around for a while. And then, yeah, last year he goes and he puts up this fantastic season that in Cincinnati. Right. In Cincinnati. So, you know, you're talking about a pitcher's ballpark in, in Anaheim. And, uh, you know, again, I, I, where, like, where are they going to play him? I mean, I know that they can, they can move him around the field, but. I mean, I guess uh, I guess second base would probably be where he would play the most because Rendon will be at third, at least until he gets hurt. Yeah, which will be April 18th. <laughs> <laughs> I guess they've got I guess they've got Drury slotted in at second base right now. Yeah, I think he's going to play. But I mean, most of the production last year came in Cincinnati. Um, yeah, he, he'll probably play. I think he's going to play second. Yeah, I, and I mean, he's probably going to hit six. So he's Ward, Trout, Otani, Rendon, Renfro. He's going to have a lot of opportunities driving runs, but I don't feel great about taking him. So yeah, third base is is it's real top heavy. Um, that's why you see a lot of those third basemen go early, and then it's uh, I don't think you're going to have your third baseman as a corner infielder in many leagues. No, probably not. No, probably not. Although I think I might in in the draft and hold, dude. Man, I'm sorry, fan tracks, but I really don't like your software here. I really don't like this draft software. Are you drafting on fan tracks at all, or is all your shit on NFBC? NFBC right now, but fan tracks they do use for the draft uh, for Tout Wars on Tuesday, and then they move it to on Roto. 
Right, yeah, which is what we're doing. <laughs> we're going to move from this shitty site. We're going to park it at this other shitty site. <laughs> I mean, I don't even know how many years I've been in Tout Wars. I just, I don't think I'll ever get used to that website. I mean, it's so, like, it, it, there's nothing about that website that inspires me to explore it further. Yeah, I'm used to it by now, but yes, it is not the most user-friendly site. Oh my god, dude! Trying to like trying to trying to pick up waivers and reading. I just hate like how you can't do like the NFBC. They let you duplicate a list. So say you put like ten guys in a drop, you just hit copy, and that same list goes to another, and then you uh-huh. can just drop down the menu and another player. I don't know why they don't have a feature like that. You got to manually do it for everything. Because that site was created in, in <laughs> 1926. I mean, I'm, <laughs> I mean, no, nobody knew that shit in 1926, but 1986, I'm sure somebody had an idea for something what the internet really when did the internet take off was it 90 what 1990 what where were we it was late when, 90s right well i mean you know 1997 1998 with the you know that was like the fantasy sports boom on the internet so you got to figure all right so then i guess if if that was the uh, the boom for fantasy sports then i guess yeah this this on roto was probably uh, first created by some bizarre coder in like 1995 or 1996, and he and he built it that it could never be. It. He just bu- <laughs> built it so it could never be updated. <laughs> <laughs> oh man! <laughs> oh man! You know, like I don't mean to run it down. If you're on the Tout Wars board and you're. And you're listening to this right now. I don't mean to run it down, but come yeah, we on. Love it. We love it. I, no, we don't. We don't. Like, <laughs> They're not going to change it, bro. I mean, well, you guys, it's, like- it's one of the guys. It's one of the guys who's like, you know, in like the higher up group of like friends with the uh, with the tout board. It's like Peter Kreitzer's, you know, cousins, brothers, sisters, uncles, <laughs> nephew. <laughs> Something like that. Because I really, I don't, I don't, I don't, I, I don't, I, yeah. I, I mean, with the, with the advances that you've seen technology wise, like, I don't even know, like who's on, on Roto besides Tout Wars? Is anybody? <laughs> I don't think so. Is this like, if, because if this is a site that's exclusive to Tout Wars, get a, you know, go hire some like 19 year old brainiac and, and just put them to work, get them, uh, get them, you know, give them like, five thousand dollars and a case of red bull and say fix this site make it more user friendly i think you could get it done in a week's time i think so that uh, that's that's the plan you know what i'm gonna put from now on i'm gonna put my tout wars dues into escrow (laughs) and i'm gonna tell them that they can have it all uh as soon as we're either off on roto or on roto gets an update uh for this decade let me know how that goes (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> oh look adam doesn't want to make waves i don't I, I make enough so i'll leave that to you 
<laughs> um, all right, so where were we? Third base. Rendon at the bottom there, Turner, Josh Young. I'm good yeah, with Turner. I'm good with Turner. I know he's older, but going to Fenway Park and the Green Monster. That, dude. So funny how much you love him. But I'm just saying, like, he's still a guy that I think could hit for average. He's going to play DH instead of third base. That should help him stay healthy. He's at 278 the last two years. Um, doesn't strike out. Uh, walks. He's solid in OBP league. I mean, you know, you're talking to OBP 350, 361, 400 the last two years. Career 366. You're getting that in the double-digit rounds. Yeah, there's not going to be good power there. Um, but I think being the DH should probably help him stay healthy a little bit. He's not going to be on the field as much. Um, and again, Fenway Park, Green Monster, Pepper that um, maybe sees a little bit more home runs. He's he's a fly ball hitter, so I'm fine with him. Okay. All right. What if we go down even deeper? Let's see. Well, who was that? I was thinking, I think it was Jim Bowden that I was talking to. I asked him about Moncada, and he was nope. like, Nope, I was wrong. Yeah, never mind. Yeah, no, no part of him, bro. F this guy. No, nope. oh, wait, F this on a guy. podcast. Fuck this guy. <laughs> yeah man nah man like dude it's amazing like he was like this top campus prospect he has sucked bro he has done nothing he's done he's had one good year and he was absolutely horrendous last year and then i don't know if it was last year or two years ago we heard oh he was eating so much sugar and candy and he cut it out well you might as well go fucking eat it because it ain't well it that ain't was uh, that was two years ago right? when when they said it was and then he was supposedly walking into last year wanting to run more and then yeah, he fucking got hurt. Bases. Yeah, and two stolen bases. Come on. Yeah, he got hurt. He's got five stolen bases over the last three years. He got hurt last year, Adam. Okay, it doesn't matter. It does matter. Okay, so he's going to be good this year? You're saying you're No, 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 I didn't say that. I didn't say he oh, was okay. going to be good. I'm just saying that, you know, he got hurt last year. But what, he doesn't do anything. There's no power. There's no speed. No average. Like, what it's does really he do? really weird, right? I mean, yeah, it does nothing. God damn. Coming up through the Red Sox organization, that dude was stealing like 50, 60 bases. And then he just did nothing. Yeah, I'm he not wasting nothing. a pick. Speaking of stolen bases, John Birdie. So Jim Bowden was in uh, in uh, Marlins camp yesterday. He was talking to Skip Schumacher, the, uh, uh, the new manager over there, who was talking about um, I, I think what happened was was Jim was talking to him about the outfield and he was asking him about that. Uh, and and Shoemaker was like, you know, he's all in on uh, on Brian De La Cruz. Yeah, I like him. Yeah, Shoemaker says that it's it's breakout season's coming. He's he's just he loves the kid. He's all in on him. Yeah, they Can sent get- him to the minors. He worked on his approach, specifically hitting changeups, and he had an insane September. I know it's one month, but so he said he's going to be the starting in the starting outfield. He is Brian De La Cruz is his left fielder. Okay, but he's probably going to hit at the bottom of the order though to start. That's the only. Um, yeah, we didn't really get much in the uh, in the I mean, batting. I got to think because you got Ch- Chisholm, Soler, Arias going to hit up there. Segura, Garcia, Cooper. So I mean, maybe seventh. But you know, if he does well and there's injuries, he could move up. But yeah, I like him. He's a a late round pick. So here's where it got interesting. Asked about Soler and the DH spot. And Skip Shoemaker said that his DH spot, he considers that he just a, a position to rotate guys so that everybody gets, you know, like a day off every like, 
you know, whatever, five or six games that, you know, somebody gets just, just because it's, it's Shoemaker considers being the DH a half day. So if a guy plays, you know, five of the six games in the, uh, you know, at third base, uh, he'll DH him on that sixth game. So, you know, just to like give him like a rest from the field and whatever. And, uh, and, and so it just kind of, it, it just kind of bolsters the fact that of, or the question really is, um, you know, what kind of bat bats is John Birdie going to see if this is the way that Skip Shoemaker runs through everything and he, then he legitimately does rotate his DH as opposed to just leaving somebody in there. And, uh, you know, cause I mean, Birdie led the league in stolen bases. It means he's a one category guy. But he's also been predominantly a one category guy because all he's doing is coming off the bench. If he if he gets like four out of six games during the uh, during a course of a week, I think that's pretty solid. Um, he started a lot last year because I picked him up in Tal Wars and he obviously helped me in the stolen base category tremendously. Um, but even OK, but even if that's the case, I mean, how many games is he playing a week? Two to three. Because you got. I would think Soler's going to DH most of the time. You still have Avisail Garcia, De La Cruz, Chisholm is going to play center, and mm-hmm. Jesus Sanchez. So yeah, they are not big on Sanchez at all. Okay. That's that was like that was like the whole thing. They are not big on Sanchez. Like Jimmy even asked about Sanchez. And fucking Shoemaker st- turned the conversation to a different area. Like twice. <laughs> well, okay, so then I guess they could mix in. Even so, though, in a weekly league, I think it's going to be tough. Daily league, yeah, that's different. In a weekly league, yeah. Listen, in a weekly league, of course. How many? Like every week, every game that you play is a weekly league. How many daily leagues do you play in? Uh, one. You only play in one daily league. Yeah, just my home league. That's it. I mean, uh, NFBC style format. You can change your lineup on Friday. So for TGFBI, that's the way it is main events, mm-hmm. OCs, um, draft champions. But, yeah, I mean, Tout Wars is is weekly. I mean, you could activate guys off the IL and stuff. That's weekly league. So, uh, Labor is weekly. So, yeah, mostly weekly. The one only daily is my home league. What about the Gotham League? I'm not in that. I've, uh, I've had conflicts on the dates, and I haven't been able to make it back. So, yeah, I think I've been out of that league now for three years. What about the GST? Weekly. Weekly. Yeah, we model that after NFBC. All right, man. All right. When's that draft? March 21st. Nice. Nice. All right. So third base, how you handling it? It's basically it's uh it's very top heavy. You're trying to get one of the uh, one of the top six, top seven guys. Yeah, if I can. I'm trying to remember. So, obviously, TJFBI, I have Ramirez. I know one of my other DCs, I Bohm, was the starting third baseman. I think I, and I got Matt Chapman, too. Um, so, yeah, I mean, <laughs> probably one of the top 12. And, again, you know, Chapman has the flow of batting average. But second year in Toronto, moving the fences in, um, you just have to make sure when you construct your roster that you're protected from that uh, potential low batting average. But I do think you're going to get really good power out of him. Uh, you know, he had 27 home runs last year. You know, I hit 229. 
Um, so he's probably going to hit around 230 again. Got to get yourself some Luis Arias. <laughs> Two for the price of one. Put them together. They can be a superhuman baseball player. I hear Arias is going to do a lot of leading off in uh, in Miami. Yeah. Yeah. It's another where's, where's Jazz going to hit? Second? Third? Like second, yeah. Okay. I mean, it's still a great spot. Jazz is hysterical. Jim says he's like one of his favorite interviews. Yeah, he seems like it. He's on he the was, cover of, uh, what is it, MLB The Show? MLB The Show. Yeah. He says you can bank on 2020. He wants to be 30-30. Eventually, he'll be 40-40. And that peak season that he puts up, he wants to be 50-50. We're like, all right. <laughs> I, I love a guy who sets the bar high for himself. Yeah, why not? About it. I mean, Aaron Hicks said, was it last year he was going 30-30? That worked out well. <laughs> Jazz Chisholm versus Aaron Hicks. Come on. Now you're just now, now you're just being mean. Now you're saying mean. all these guys say, yeah. Well, uh, you know, listen, but you had to go to a Yankee part-time outfield. Well, it just came to my head. Oh, yeah, because, because, because your first instinct is to go against it. Oh, is this because thinking, is this because we shit on Mr. Met during the uh, during the show yesterday at Fantasy Alarm? No, I didn't hear it. So fuck you guys. Um, <laughs> no, it has nothing to do with that. I was just thinking of a player that said something so outlandish we knew it couldn't be reached, and Hicks was the first one that came to mind. And I've liked Aaron Hicks. I've always drafted him. I actually took him in a draft championship. I don't know, like round 38. I mean, they say he's going to play every day. It might not last. He did have an RBI single today up the middle. <laughs> <laughs> Gee, Willikers, an RBI single up the middle. Yeah, I mean, it's a start. Fantastic. All right, so there you go. I think it's a nice rundown of the corner infield spots. Uh, basic strategies, given who you've had. Um, I, in... Um, I've got Gunnar Henderson in uh, in tout draft and hold. He was my guy. Uh, Bregman. I've never I've never drafted Bregman. I've never drafted him. I I, I think I I just uh, I, I just became best friends with Larry Schechter. Yeah. Now, there you go. Now that uh, now that Bregman's there, I might have to screenshot this for uh, for Larry to see. He'll be so excited for me. I'm sure. <laughs> <laughs> and that's winning fantasy baseball. All right, Adam, what's going on in the uh, in the wonderful world? So the NBA has started back up. We're in the second half. The Lakers have all gotten hurt now, so I don't have to listen to Jim talk about it. Um, what have you seen so far coming back? What's the uh, how your how's your prop situation look? What's new? Yeah, no, it's a good time in the NBA right now. Um, you know, I've been on the Bucks to get to the finals all year, and they are just absolutely rolling right now. Um, one. 14 in a row and oh, 15 in a row. Uh, they are now the one seed in the East conference by a half game over Boston and Chris Middleton still on a minutes limit. Um, so they're building him up. So really like them in the East, the Knicks actually have been a big story. They have been playing great basketball, uh, eight and two in their last 10 games now up to the fifth seed in the Eastern conference. Um, so they've been a, a big story. And then obviously, um, Kevin Durant making his Phoenix Suns debut Wednesday night. We're recording Wednesday afternoon. So that's going to be something to watch uh, to see how he adjusts because uh, the Luka, Doncic, Kyrie Irving pairing has not worked out well. They are one in four 
with those two guys playing together. And the one win was over the shitty Spurs. Um, <laughs> so I look, it's going to take time for them to acclimate, but I never thought that that was a title contender team. And uh, Golden State should get Steph Curry back next week. And all of a sudden they are up to the fifth seed. So if the playoffs started today, Phoenix Golden State in the first round, that would be absolutely wow, insane. But I don't think crazy. that's crazy. I don't think that's going to happen though. Um, I guess it's I guess it's possible because the Sacramento Kings just keep winning and they are the third seed in the Western Conference. They've won four in a row, seven of their last ten. Um, the biggest surprise probably this year. Uh, Denver remains the one seed in the West. Uh, Jokic another triple double last night. That's his hundred triple double of his career and uh, a heavy favorite to win MVP. And I don't see him losing it. Okay. What's the line on him now for MVP? It might be minus 300. I think it was is it minus. minus is it all the way down there? That it now? was minus 250 when I looked the other day, but I just, I don't see they're the number one team in the Western conference. He's uh, averaging close to a triple double, um, just putting up insane numbers. So I don't see him losing it. Let me see the awards on DK minus 350 and beads plus 450 Giannis plus 850. And Tatum plus fifteen hundred. I mean, if Giannis finishes strong, maybe, but because they are the one seed, but I doubt it. He's probably going to sit here and there. Um, he's got you know, a couple of injury scares twice. I mean, it looked like he didn't participate in the All Star Game festivities. Then he played in the All Star Game, scored a basket, and sat. I'm like, all right, he's going to miss some time now with this wrist injury. Wrist injury, and he played first game out of the All Star break, and then. Over the weekend, he left with a knee injury, and then he came back, played last night against the Nets, and crushed them. So, so what? No, I, he's fine. <laughs> I thought you guys thought there was more of that sentence. No, I'm saying he's he's good to go. Um, but here here's a a, a prop. Um, I've discussed this with John and Pemba. He's talked about this a lot too. Jaron Jackson, his blocks at home are just insane. He's averaging like over four blocks at home. Last night it was two and a half. I bet that, and he had four blocks. So when you see Jaron Jackson at home, look for his blocks prop for some reason. I don't know what it is. He, they, they give him more blocks at home. He's averaging like almost double the amount of blocks at home compared to the road. And uh, yeah, it was sitting at two and a half on Tuesday night. So I bet that at minus minus one thirty, and it cashed. Nice. Yeah. And now with props, you're going to be looking on teams that, like our sitting guys, like uh, the Thunder, Shea Gilgis Alexander is out with like seven injuries. So a guy like Jalen Williams, you'll look at uh, the Hornets are probably going to have some value. The mellow balls out for the year. Uh, the Pistons with um, Marvin Bagley and James Wiseman. So, you know, those guys are probably going to see some low prop numbers and you could take advantage of that. So those are just some things to look at at this point. And Damian Lillard, bro. <laughs> I never seen a prop this high. Tuesday night, his prop was 37 and a half points. He obviously did not go over. Even though he went over, he went over. I was going to say, like, what, 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 was he, what did he do? What did he do for the five games prior that his prop was that high? Well, he had a 70, was it 71 or 72 point game? That's why. Um, and he actually had 19 points in the first half and he finished with 23 because it was a, there was a boost on DraftKings, Luca and Damian to each score 30 or more. And I didn't take it. And uh, it didn't cash. Lillard had 25. He was 9 to 21. So Lillard's last few games, 25, 
71, 26, 39, 40, 38, 33, 28, 40, 29, 42, 42. So yeah, he averaged, he's averaging 38 and a half points per game in February. All right. Okay. I just wish this guy could play in the NBA finals. I love him, but stuck on that shitty Portland team. Right. And what's his contract situation? He he's he signed with them. Like he he has said like yeah, yeah like recently want, signed. Yeah, he's like I don't want to be one of those guys that goes and joins a super team. I'd rather try and win something here, but it's uh, not happening. It doesn't look like. Yeah. Oh, poor guy. Yeah, I don't poor think guy. you're gonna have to hear about the Lakers much either, man. LeBron is no, probably yeah, LeBron's out for a while. Out. Russell's Anthony out. Davis is sitting on um, Wednesday night on a back-to-back, a game they really need they need against the Thunder and their their underdog. So, yeah. All right. Well, as always, check out uh, Adam's uh, NBA prop bet article over at uh, PicksWise.com. You can always listen to Adam Ronis. Uh, it was at five to seven p.m. Eastern on the Better Sports Network and eight to ten p.m. Eastern along, uh, with a uh, fantasy sports in-game betting show. Uh, with uh, with both shows with Justin Fensterman. Yeah, what did I do to deserve that? Ah, <laughs> uh, nothing. It was uh, again. It was just a a plot by somebody to drive uh, Bender into the ground because who the fuck is going to cover me now when I need to uh, take a day off? Right? Exactly. <laughs> yeah. Exactly. Exactly. Just fucking run me into the ground. Run me into the fucking ground. You got any? Uh, you got any Rangers fever now that uh, they're uh, they're making moves here at the trade deadline? Yeah, um, always a big Rangers fan. I don't follow them as closely as I really want to, but um, actually, over the All Star break, I watched a couple games. I saw the game where they came back against. Um, I saw the game against Calgary and. Who's the other one? Damn, I can't remember. But yeah, they were they were two pretty good games. Yeah. Well, with uh what Patrick Kane coming over, um, they they picked up Tarasenko earlier because they didn't think they were gonna be able to get Patrick Kane. They ended up making that work. Getting the uh you got you do you see that? They got the coyotes involved somehow. So the rain I think it's um what should we call it? The Rangers are picking up like 50% of his salary. And then no, 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 no. It's like, I think the Rangers are only paying like 25% of his salary. 25% of his salary is being paid by the Arizona Coyotes. Uh, and then another 50% is being paid by the uh by the Blackhawks. So um, you know, classic, uh, classic New York Rangers move, man. You got to get that that 35-year-old guy. Um, who's had a a phenomenal career, and you just you know shooting for that one last Stanley Cup. I mean, they have a young team, mostly. Mostly, yeah, absolutely, absolutely. I just you know, I mean, I I I think it's funny, you know, when we bring him in, and uh, you know, him and Panarin were so good in Chicago together uh, when they played on the same line, and yeah, it's just you know, it's that 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 free, it's that old timer free agent guy who uh who you kind of make that move for um so hopefully it pans out it didn't pan out for me last year when i uh sprinkled a little something something on the rangers uh and shesterkin shesterkin turned into a, a dog shit play in the playoffs it was crazy it's very disappointing yeah 
I'm just gonna sit there in fucking silence. No, what do you want me to say? I hope the Rangers <laughs> do well. I'm excited, man. I mean, it's always good when the Rangers Jesus, are, are good. Yeah, are, are you are you are you are you looking for props while we're talking here? Is no, that what you're I've doing? Ar- I've already bet three props. I oh, and I took this DraftKings boost, man. I hope they didn't sucker me in. It was Kevin Durant to score 15 points or more, hit one three in the Suns to win, plus 100. I mean, how does Kevin Durant not score 15 points in his son's debut? Hit one three and the Suns win against the Hornets when they're 10 point favorites. So we'll see if they suckered me in. But yeah, I, I, I bet that. <laughs> they hate you. Why? They hate you. I don't know. All, <laughs> I, I, <laughs> because they do. Why? Why? Because you're unlikable. Yeah. How about that? I've been told that. <laughs> not by women, though. Yeah, you know, well, it depends. depends. Not, not that they've said to your face. That's fine. As long as they're nice to my face, that's all that matters. Oh, that's all. <laughs> that's a that's a low bar right there. As long as they're nice to my face. Yeah, that's I don't care. Say whatever you want. As long as, uh, well, okay, forget it. I don't want to get canceled. Oh, yeah. No getting canceled here right now, especially because, you know, it's, yeah, you know what? Yeah. I just. We'll just, we're just going to cut it off right now before either one of us <laughs> says something stupid. How about that? How about that? So we know Shannon won't edit it out. She will not edit it out. And she'll probably like highlight it. She'll probably put a couple of pow, 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 yeah. like right around it. So it's highlighted uh, even more so there. So um, big thanks to everybody for listening in. Uh, hope the, uh, the corner infield talk helps. Uh, as we go through the draft next week, Adam and I will uh, we'll dive into some middle infield, some spring training updates, and uh, and all the fun stuff you need to win your fantasy baseball uh, leagues this season. So for Adam Ronis, I'm Howard Bender. Catch you next time.